If you're a dog owner, safety and welfare for your pet is of utmost concern. But there are so many so-called experts out there that many of us don't know where to turn to to get the expert advice that we need. Welcome to Taming the Wild in Your Dog with noted dog expert and author Brian Bailey. In this program, we give you the tips you need to connect with your best friend with the most practical advice. Now, here is your host, Brian Bailey. Welcome everyone to Taming the Wild in Your Dog. And today we're going to be talking about dog daycares and dog parks. Uh, very popular in the United States. Absolutely. Amen. I, uh, we actually operate a dog daycare and we've taken our dogs to probably about every dog park east of the Mississippi, I would think. Yep. One of them loves it and one of them can't stand it. <laughs> Indeed. However, there's a lot of pros with dog daycares and dog parks, but there's a lot of cons. And there's things that you need to be aware of before you make that choice, before you decide to do what I call enter at your own risk. Uh, now, one thing on a, just an administrative note real quick, anyone trying to tune into Facebook Live, there's an issue with Facebook, not us this time, uh, but it's with them and we're not able to hook up and we'll try during the next break. Okay, let's talk about dog daycares and dog parks. Uh, in this country, the pet industry as a whole is a $70 billion a year industry. And it's expected to increase 5% per year with an average job growth of 11% per year. 70% of the households in America on a pet. In other words, it has become the modern day gold rush. And it's hard to keep up with. Uh, many financial advisors and analysts have looked at this industry. And basically, the question they ask is, what's next? What in the world is coming next? It is growing so rapidly. And one of the thoughts I have behind is that the, one of the trends driving the industry is humanization or anthropomorphism. And this is where we, again, view our dogs as little people in fur coats. It's where, not to stereotype a generation, but is a lot of research is indicating that millennials and even baby boomers are adopting dogs uh, as their children. In other words, it's a substitute for their children. And they're expecting higher end foods and accessories uh, at expensive medical treatments. What was one that you heard of just the other day, Kira? Was it LASIK surgery for no, dogs? Actually, no, it was orthodontics. So it was braces for your dog. Braces for your dogs. Okay. Uh, so as you see there, the trends are moving up. It's no longer just enough to board your dog at a facility or to even attend daycare. Now it is, I would like them to have a massage while they're there you know, spa treatments, paint their nails. Uh, it's, it's amazing. It is definitely skyrocketing upward. Uh, the other reason why we're having such an upward trend in daycares and dog parks is premiumization, meaning the we want higher-end specialty products. And even dog parks don't even resemble the dog parks that first opened back in the 1990s. Uh, I remember back then, it was just a big fence surrounding a wide open piece of land. And they said, this is a dog park. 
Nowadays, they have equipment that ranges between thirty and fifty thousand dollars for just one set. Then they have astroturf, uh, incredible! Wow, it's incredibly expensive. Um, they have fountains that are self-perpetuating; they just continue to flow water. It's amazing. The misters to keep the dogs cool and things like that. Oh, I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't around back in the day. <laughs> it's just simply a wide open piece of land with a fence and a sign that says dog park. So I've become a long ways. Um, and then, of course, you see a lot of businesses cropping up near those dog parks and daycares, businesses that sell higher end specialty products, services, organic food, medical therapies, luxury spas, you name it. So you're probably wondering, well, What's wrong with that? You know, and again, a lot of people ask me, what is wrong with that? I, I want my dog to enjoy these services. I want to feed my dog good food. I do too. And you also are probably wondering about now, how does this relate to dog daycare? Why you have to pay attention to anything that is a gold rush, anything. When there is money, there's buyer beware. And that's what we're going to talk about with daycares, and dog parks. You need to be aware of some of the pros and definitely some of the cons. So what we'll gets kind of started right off the bat with dog daycares? What types of dog daycares are there? And by the way, any of you that are new to the dog daycare terminology, what we're referring to is dogs being cared for supervised, allowed to play with other dogs pretty much during the day. In other words, it's not a sleepover. It's not a boarding experience. Although a lot of facilities offer daycare as part of their boarding, meaning if you play here and you need to spend the night, then you will get to play the next day as well. So dating and boarding go hand in hand, but we're mostly referring to just the daycare in which they don't board. Uh, the number one uh, facilities that we have is commercial daycares. And there are over, and this is a hard number to come up with, and there's many research groups doing it now, but well over 21,000 uh, registered daycares in this country. Wow. 21,000. And these commercial facilities range in the scope of what they do, the services that they provide, the, the size of the play areas, and so on and so forth. But by far, commercial boarding facilities are the number one daycare outlets for your dog. Then there are private homes. Okay, now, this is where it wrinkles me just a little bit. Uh, the research that I have conducted states pretty clear and emphatically that it's against the law in most municipalities, their surrounding counties with their code enforcement against the law to operate a doggy daycare out of your home in which you charge for that service. But it's happening all the time. It does happen all the time. It's everywhere. And why not? Because after all, you don't have to pay the property tax, the, the tax that comes with owning a business, the commercial liability insurance, uh, payroll, so on and so forth. You, you get to cut the price of the service 
because you don't have the expenses that go with it. Uh, so we see this a lot. And not only is it a, an issue in which we have some, and again, I'm not saying all, just the vast majority of municipalities that I have researched, and that's well over, a, over 1,500. Uh, it is against the law to operate a dog daycare out of your private home. And then the other one, uh, you heard something just the other day, Kira, about, what was it, 40 dogs that were at a okay. private home? 45 dogs being cared for in one home, yes. So again, we think about a home, and there's 45 dogs in this home. What if there's a thunderstorm? And there was. That was the issue there. This lady was talking about how it was storming outside. There was a foot of water in the play yard, and there were 45 dogs in her home. Where are all those dogs going to go potty? That's my big question. Yeah. And as we move a little bit further into this, you'll find out that there, there are even darker issues surrounding when you contain 45 dogs in a very small area like someone's home. Um, so, you know, I've always kind of asked, if you're willing to break the law to operate your business, well, what are you willing to do next? What else will be compromised? What else will be purposely overlooked? So again, again, buyer beware. Guys, check it out before you take your dog to a daycare. Make sure that they have the proper equipment. They have the proper setup for your dog. Make sure it's all up and up. You know, it's the, it's the way it's supposed to be. You know, have it checked out. Uh, the other one is where someone comes to your home and just hangs out with your dog or dogs all day long. So they kind of provide an in-home daycare for your dogs. Like a nanny. <laughs> like a dog nanny. <laughs> uh, well, me personally, that creeps me out. Uh, but that's just me. You know, again, we all have our own little quirks and everything. I don't know. I don't know enough of this. I've not gotten feedback from clients to, to even give a, an opinion one way or the other about doing that. Again, Maybe check the background of the person that's going to be hanging out in your house all day long with your dogs. And, and me, if I'm going to have that, I am for sure going to have nanny cams. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I just am. I'm sorry. That's, again, that's who I am. Okay. So those are the three types. Uh, you either have your choice in this country, typically between a commercial boarding facility, you have private homes, and you have people who come to your private home. So again, you will need to figure out which one works for you, works for your budget, uh, perhaps the location uh, with regard to where you work. All these need to be taken into account. Uh, and make sure that in all of these, especially in the one where someone comes to your home, that your dogs have plenty of opportunity to meet them before the day that you have to be at work for that really important meeting and now all of a sudden they come over and your dog goes, no way you're coming through that front door. No way. So again, I'm going to have that thing checked out long before uh, I, I buy into that service. Okay, what are some pros of doggy daycares? Some pros. Well, there's many of them. Many, many pros. And I'm just going to kind of go down the list. And, and it's in no certain order. And I may bounce around back and forth as we add to it. But it definitely alleviates boredom. That is one thing for sure. I don't care what temperament you are, what breed you are. It doesn't matter. There is stimulus nonstop. Dogs barking. In fact, I always tell people around our facility, naps 
are at a premium. <laughs> yes. It's even if you are separated, there's just so much going on. This is being cleaned. This dog is taken out. This dog is brought back in. Uh, there are people playing with dogs, gathering dogs. It's amazing. So don't worry about that. No one thing that everyone out there can guarantee. If you take your dog to a daycare, it will not be bored. It will have no so way. much stimulus. It also alleviates loneliness. Loneliness. Dogs are social animals. Social. Their ancestors, the gray wolf, one of the most successful social predators that has ever roamed this earth. Dogs want company. Now, sometimes they want specific company. Sometimes they only want your company, and we'll address that. But it, for the most part, it will alleviate any loneliness that your dog has. And what is the old saying? Is the idle mind is the devil's workshop. If you're alone and you're bored, bad combination. Yes. I know a lot of humans who solve that through eating. Mm-hmm. That's when the, they're raiding the potato chip closet and everything else. And yeah, it's the same thing with your dog. I'm bored. I'm by myself. I'm going to find something to chew on. Yeah, and that $2,000 leather sofa is looking like one big honking rawhide to me. <laughs> so, you got, so it's a great outlet for that, guys. It also provides high-energy dogs with output, with an outlet as well. Wow, there is nothing. We own several of those. Yes, we do. And daycare saved us when oh. it came to Captain, our cattle dog. Amen. It saved us and is now currently saving us with our Siberian Husky. Uh, he is crazy. Yes. He, he can't pull the bike enough doing urban mushing. You can't walk him enough. He has to constantly be moving. And in our house, if we right now he's a young pup and we definitely keep him under control, uh, trying to curb a lot of bad habits in our home. But one of the favorite things that he loves to do as soon as he's no longer tethered to one of us or to the kitchen counter or the banister is I'm, I'm trying to think what movie that was that Tom Cruise was in and he's in the whitey tidies and he slid across the floor in the white socks. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. I can't think of it either. Well, I, But that's you, what he does. Yeah. If you know what that is, let us know. What it, is. <laughs> it just came to mind a second ago, but. He's a really dark Siberian Husky with white boots, so to speak. All of his paws are white. And so, therefore, he likes to take off and go as fast as he can he down our He does the bug hallway. out. Yeah, we call it the bug out. And on risky purpose. Risky business. <laughs> there, there we go. Yay. Risk, risky Thank business you, it is. Thank you, Um, He slides across the floor. And, he, and again, you see him do this on purpose. He loves to slide across the floor. Uh, so, again, daycare, the one day of daycare, and that's over. Yeah. There's no sliding for at least 48 hours post daycare. Well, I think a lot of people don't understand that you don't have to send your dog every day to get the benefits. It has lasting benefits. One day of daycare and your dog is good to go for that evening and the next day, sometimes even the day after as well. It is. And and we'll cover that because you're right. I always tell everyone, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And that definitely applies to daycares and it definitely applies to dog parks. Another one is bathroom breaks. 
holy moly. You know, I ask humans all the time, hey, how long can you go? And, you know, it's kind of a funny question. I get a funny look as soon as I ask that. But it needs to be asked. You're a human. How long can you go before you need to take a bathroom break? And I'll tell you one thing for sure. The younger that human is or the older that human is, the more often they have to go. And that's science. That's just biology 101 and physiology. So, therefore, it's it's a great thing to think about. If you have to work long hours, you have an eight-hour job, you've got a 45-minute commute one way and about an hour and a half the way coming home because everyone else lives the way that you live going from work. And next thing you know, you have a dog that has been at your house for over 10 hours. And it amazes me when I hear people say, I can't believe it. My dog went potty in my house. My housebreaking is not working. That's just an unrealistic expectation right there. It is. It's, it's definitely unrealistic. And that's part of owning a dog is, is realizing what are they capable of doing, capable of learning? What actions do would they typically take in a certain scenario versus what you would do? Always drawing that comparison. So no doubt your dog will be able to have bathroom breaks at daycares. Now know this, most commercial facilities Uh, with regard to bathroom breaks. The surfaces are hard, meaning they're either concrete or nowadays there's a new artificial turf that has been been designed specifically for dog parks and daycare centers. But this is a surface that is uniquely different than your home. But it's okay. We get people all the time that are very worried. They say, well, if I bring my dog to daycare or if I board my dog and is forced to go potty on these harder surfaces, will that disrupt or destroy the work I put in for housebreaking? And we have to we have to alleviate that all the time, that that concern. Yeah, I get that question. Is it going to derail my housebreaking that my dog has to go potty on the concrete? Yeah, as you'll hear me say again in the uh, later part of this episode, when I talk about dog parks, you can't, you can't clean grass. Uh, and that, that's the biggest thing that we have to talk about is that you have germs that will build up on grass. You have Girardia, you have all sorts of issues. You can't clean grass sufficiently enough to enable anywhere from 10 to 50 dogs per day playing on it. Not to mention have a few rainy days. So pause plus rain equals mud, not grass. It's just a big mess. So guys, don't get upset and overly concerned if you decide to take your dog to a daycare and they tell you their surfaces are concrete or they're grass. The only thing that you need to worry about, and that's only just a little bit, it's not a big deal, is the fact that a lot of the concrete has been finished with a broom. That's to allow traction. I don't know if you've ever walked or tried to do anything, a high activity on smooth concrete. Not a good idea. No. <laughs> Get a little moist and you will be doing the, the risky business for sure yourself, <laughs> yes. whether you intended to or not. Uh, it's there for orthopedic reasons to minimize injuries. But what it means is this. 
if your dog's not used to walking on concrete, running on concrete, well, as soon as it goes to a daycare and it zigs and zags and jukes and jives for about eight hours, don't be surprised during those first couple of weeks if you've got a little bit of a limp and you've got a little bit of a sore paws or a little bit of rubbed red paws or bloody paws on the bottom. But you know what, guys? Just like human feet, they build calluses. They build up those pads. Again, we adapt, and I think it's well worth it. Well, when Takani was first starting daycare here, you would put some kind of balm on his pads when he got home from daycare. So that was good to soften them up a little bit. And- Absolutely. And if you guys want to do that as well, you can go online and simply just Google in wax or paw protection for sledding dogs, for sled dogs, because I'm doing urban mushing with him. It's just to protect his paws. It definitely helped out a lot. Okay, guys, we're going to cut away to a break. And when we come back, we're going to finish up the pros on dog daycares. And then we're going to hop right into the cons. So you'll want to listen to this, especially if you're thinking about doing dog daycare. So we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Until then, as always, sit and stay. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. After years of waiting, there's a radio show for shotgunning enthusiasts worldwide. Tune into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation for the very best in wing and clay shooting talk. Join Marty and his guests as they bring you hunting and shooting information that you can use. So whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, this show can be your go-to source for wing and clay shooting information. Listen live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific for Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. 
Welcome back, everyone. We were talking about dog daycares in this country, how they're growing, uh, the, the number that we think at this point, again, is coming in from a not really reliable data, but over 21,000 daycares in this country. A lot of things that you need to know that are good for your dog to participate in daycare, but then some bad things. Um, just wrapping up the pros, we were talking about how it alleviates boredom and loneliness and it provides high energy output and bathroom breaks for your dog. But it also has the capability of honing canine communication. And that is that socialization aspect that is very important when you have dogs that are going to find themselves in the company of other dogs. We call that dog school, right? Indeed. Canine communication. What does that certain tail set mean? What does, uh, those are nice teeth you have, but that's guess that's not a smile. <laughs> you need to understand these and learn these as a dog. Some of these are given to you from an intrinsic value from our default mechanism, instinct and everything. But the rest of it is learned. You must learn this. Um, you also learn skills on how to interact with unfamiliar dogs. Many dogs are at home with their own family dogs or the neighbor's dog, the family's dogs. But now all of a sudden they find themselves boarding with 80 to 100 other dogs around them, and they have no clue how to interact with those unfamiliar dogs. Uh, daycares, the dynamics behind it tend to change every day. New dogs coming in, new dogs going out. And the other thing that's really cool about it is that the dog has to make an adjustment as far as dominance and submission. I always tell everyone, a dog is not born dominant. You're not born dominant as a human, and you're not born submissive as a human, and neither is a dog. You're simply born with the ability to dominate. So again, we talk about Captain, our cattle dog, and he's got this incredible white tail. It just doesn't look like it belongs on a cattle dog. <laughs> and we call it white tail rising. Because when that thing goes up, oh, we're about to get it on. It's a predictor. <laughs> yeah, it's almost <laughs> like a WWE SmackDown at that moment there. But when he would come to daycare, Captain would rule daycare. And then all of a sudden, Big Blue, the King Corso, shows up. And now Captain is, oh, hello, Mr. Blue. How are you today? And suddenly now he went from number one to number two. That's healthy stress. If that's done properly, that is wonderful. It's just the same thing with a human being. Learning how to compromise. Learning how to give instead of just take, take, take. These are some of the wonderful things about daycare. And then lastly, people. The staff usually changes, especially in a larger daycare, meaning your favorite daycare attendant is off today. Now there's a new one. There's a guy. There's a girl. All of these things help out. Most dogs, if they're going to be afraid of a human, will be afraid of the men. We're bigger. You know, we tend to have just a different aura about us being a male. So again, so much good. So now, unfortunately, let's talk about the cons because, again, you've got to have a nice balance here and, it, and you've got to make an educated choice as to whether your dog is going to participate in daycare and where they will participate in daycare. All right, as I said earlier in the show, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. And meaning it's really not healthy for most dogs to play more than about two hours at a time. It just is. Think about yourself. If you're not used to 
exercising. Think about the next day. You're sore. You're hurting. For I've, for dogs to participate all day long in daycare, that's going to cause issues. They're going to lose much of their energy. Their muscle tissue will break down like a human. And next thing you know, you have a dog urinating blood. You have a dog that is stressed out. None of us do as well when we're tired as what we do when we're not tired. Well, you can watch the dogs get grouchy when they get tired. So if you have an attendant who is watching the group and controlling the group, then they are aware of those dogs who need a break. They do. They do need breaks. So that's something that you're going to want to ask. Do you allow for breaks? Do you safeguard the dogs from playing too much? Another thing that happens when you play too much is your autoimmune system. So this is like a check system, good and bad, positive and negative. Meaning if you're around other dogs, typically the autoimmune system will be bolstered. Just like humans, if you're constantly around people, then you tend to do better and throw off illnesses than the people who are not around other humans. Dogs are no different. The dogs that come to our facility pretty much three or four days a week, they're never sick. Yeah. Well, we see that all the time with the dogs who come in for a training program. If they go to daycare regularly, then they come into us for a training program. Sure, it's a little bit stressful, but they're used to that. Their bodies are used to it. So they don't break down on them and they can fly right through that training program and they don't get sick. They don't get stressed out. Whereas the others who've never been to a daycare setting, yes, they, they get more stressed out. More yep. easily. It's no different than when uh, the CDC declares that when the kids go back to school in late August and September, that's when we have the higher number of illnesses because suddenly the children have been away from all of their classmates for a couple of months. And they say, you know, they're thrown right back in the mix. It's kind of like flying in an airplane. You're stuck in that tube filled with germs. And a lot of people will become ill after they've made a long flight. So watch out for that as well. It's a good thing and it's a bad thing. Uh, one thing about the exercising, so many people want cameras at daycares. They want to be able to pull up on their little desktop or their computer at work and watch their dog play. Now, I'm going to say something right now. I've been doing this for 40 years. I was doing daycare before daycare was daycare. And I had cameras at one time. Oh, I don't have them any longer. Not to where the public can see them. Yeah, I can but not them. Because here's what happens. I don't see my dog playing and all of these complaints. And then the phone's ringing. Well, ma'am, we're giving your dog a break. Was my dog bad? What was it doing? So next thing you know, you're in a 30-minute conversation with that one particular client. And as soon as you hang up, the next one is calling. <laughs> Guys, if you're going to take your dog to a daycare, pick one based upon the information that we're providing this show and then trust them. Trust them to do their job. Don't sit there and be a helicopter parent. If you want to do that, come down here, that's for sure. I'll hand you the equipment that you need and you can head right on out there with them. Okay, trust the people. Uh, the other con behind daycare is it can also heighten reactivity. Uh, I've always said, and will continue to always say, that if you visit a zoo, you are not looking at a mirror of nature. You're not. They're contained. Nature has always used distance for safety. The further you're away from your 
aggressor, the, the thing hunting you, the predator, the safer you're going to be. Distance equals safety. But so many times we have people, our, our dogs, so many dogs in these doggy daycares that are trapped. It's a small area, small space, many dogs, and I can't get away. So therefore, when it comes down to fight or flight, if flight is not an option because I'm stuck in this play area about the size of a large elevator, then I'm simply going to make you go away from me. So again, we want to kind of keep an eye on that. And that means that one of the things that you need to ask is, you know, what are the size of your play areas? How large are they? Are they, do they provide ample space? Can my dog have elbow room? Or if it's not too large, do you have a place to put my dog when my dog is becoming agitated by one or more other dogs that are there? But just, that's so important, guys. I can't say that enough. A good daycare has multiple spaces for your dog to play. It it does not resemble a zoo in that the spaces are so close and they contain them because this will lead to aggression, which will then lead to injuries. And that's another point, assumption of risk. You would no more take skydiving lessons that they they would not have you fill out an encyclopedia size liability form that says all day long, we're going to do a great job. We have a sound plane to get you to proper altitude. We have great equipment packed by the greatest parachute riggers in the world. But however, you could still bounce. And you kind of have to know that and accept that before you strap on that harness and get that parachute on your back and hop in that plane and jump out of it. Same thing with daycares. When you go to a daycare, anytime your dog is in the company of other dogs, know this. Dogs don't have attorneys. They don't have counselors and mediators. They solve disputes with tooth and claw. They're not going to solve it any other way, especially if they can't get away from you. And that means your dog could become injured at a daycare. Again, think that through. Don't think for a second. Anyone tells you, oh, no dog's ever been injured here. Well, then there's been no dogs there. Oh my gosh, it's the safest place around. Mm, Yeah, right. Uh, Dogs do get injured. It does happen. What you want to try and do is minimize the injury. Keep it as minor as possible, learn from it, try not to have those same conditions created again. Well, they play that way too. It's not always a fight. It's exploring with their mouths and pushing with their paws and jumping and all of that. So, you know, that sometimes that leads to, to scratches and teeth and things like that. So It does. Uh, a lot of dogs that show up don't have nail trims. And as soon as they jump on another dog or they reach out to grab it, nail grabs skin, especially on dogs that really don't have much fur at all. And they don't have enough padding in between. Uh, one thing, uh, another con is that you see in so many daycares, this $70 billion a year industry is one of the most unregulated industries that make this kind of money, that, that can support this kind of economic powerhouse. And that means just if you love dogs, if you're a dog lover, then you can go ahead and operate operate and open a doggy daycare center, which is bad. 
because so many people are unqualified. They would no more know the signals that a dog is giving to another dog that speaks of an impending attack to save their lives. They go, oh, that's a play growl. No, it's not. Oh, look at that. Look, she's just giving them the, the, the stink face. Oh, no, <laughs> that's no stink face. That dog is about to have fangs, incisors, premolars, and full-on molars all in your dog's neck, its abdomen area, its haunches. Again, check the qualifications of the people operating the daycare. How many years have they been in business? What have you been? What have you done with dogs outside of daycares? Make sure they're qualified, and then make sure that they train the people that work for them. Otherwise, it's a case of the blind leading the blind, and who suffers? The dog. Our clients are often so surprised that their dogs can play successfully here at our facility when they had been asked to leave all of the other facilities in town. The reason for that is because our attendants control the environment. You have to know what you're doing. You have to control the animals in that environment. Yeah, and and some of that involves with the human being as aggressive as they need to be. We're not talking about harming a dog or hitting a dog or anything like that. But we are talking about, hey, knock it off. Don't do that. Quit that humping. Get off of the dog. It's controlling the environment. That person, their will is law. And those that won't do that or don't know how to do that will continue to try and find the perfect daycare formula. In other words, bring all the lower temperament animals, all the soft animals here. And anyone who's got half of a temperament, a little bit of grit, In other words, what I call a really nice dog, a stable dog, they don't have any daycares to go to because no one knows how to control that. Make sure they can. Do you and your dog a favor. Make sure they can control it. All right. What are some things to look for? For sure. I've already mentioned a bunch of them. I talked about the qualifications of the owners and staff. Look for cleanliness. Okay. Now, on cleanliness, we're not saying make sure it's sterile. There are germs at daycare. Just going to let you know that in case you didn't know that. Lots of them. There's bacteria. There's viral components. But if you walk in and it looks filthy, smells filthy, okay, now we got a problem. And dogs, of course, come with their unique smell. Let about 40 of them play out in the rain. And they don't make anything that's going to make that building smell good when they all come in. (laughs) Be reasonable, people. Look for cleanliness because cleanliness usually means we have order. We're organized, which means if we're organized, we kind of know a little bit about what we're doing here. We do have a plan. This isn't just haphazard, chaos, and the big bang and the universe explodes and all of a sudden I'm doing doggy daycare. So watch for that. Make sure your dog always has fresh water. Not just water, fresh water. The fastest way for your dog to get Girardia is for contaminated feces to be on the concrete. They step in it, then they step in those little kiddie pools that you a lot of daycares provide. And of course, if you can walk in it, then you can drink it. And now all of a sudden, they ingest a cyst 
from Girardia or they go back to have their little nap time or their little break time and they start grooming themselves. Make sure the dog has access to fresh water. Make sure there's shelter from inclement weather, hot weather, super cold weather, thunderstorms, high winds, rain, hail. And know this, dogs are better in cold than they're in the heat. Welcome to Mother Nature. She's pretty smart about things. She equipped her wolves and dogs to deal with the cold. Because if you've ever lived in a cold area, and again, I grew up in Alaska and I know a little bit about cold. The interior of Alaska, by the way, not that wimpy old Juno and Ketchikan down there on the Panhandle. I'm talking about Fairbanks, baby. 40 below zero all day, every day. That thing, nature tells you, you can't escape cold, but you can't escape the heat. You can climb to a higher altitude. You can wade into a creek. You can lie in the shade. You can burrow into the ground. Therefore, I will equip my animals to be have to deal with cold, not heat. And then uh, another thing that you want to look for is, and I talked about earlier, is the physical size of the play areas. This is one time in which bigger is better for sure. And then you want to make sure that the access into those play areas is accomplished through a double gate system. Oh, my gosh. If there was ever any four-legged Houdinis, just go to a dog park or daycare. And they can slip through a gate. I've seen an 80-pound lab slip through a crack about four inches wide. A lot of them can open the gates. Indeed. So you want to have a double gate system. All right, guys, it's time for us to go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we're going to wrap up what to look for in the daycares. And we're just going to jump right into those dog parks. And there's a lot of similarities in the two, a couple of unique things. And we're going to cover them all. And if you guys have any questions, definitely give us a call. 866-472-5788. Or shoot me an email at Brian with a Y at TamingTheWild.com. All right, we'll be back in a few. Sit, stay. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Join Chris Epting every week for the moment. Chris talks to some of the most amazing people you'll ever meet, including authors, artists, and athletes. And that's just the A-list. These celebrities and public figures have interesting stories that all showcase the moments that their lives took a certain dramatic turn, changing them forever and shaping them to be the person that they were meant to be. Listen for The Moment with Chris Epting. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Conservation starts with us. Learn about environmental concerns each week when you tune in to Our Wild World with host Ellie Weiss. Our show centers on Africa each week and what's being done to save our wildlife. 
ecology, and ourselves. However, we'll also discuss what's going on closer to home. And most importantly, we'll let you know what can be done in our own backyards by featuring guest experts and featuring your questions and answers. Listen every Monday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Taming the Wild and Your Dog. To reach the program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You can also send an email if you prefer to brian at tamingthewild.com. Now back to the show. All right, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, This is Brian Bailey. I'm your host here at Taming the Wild and Your Dog. And I have my wife, Kara, with me today. And we own and operate a commercial training facility that also has doggy daycare and been doing this for about 40 years. So know a thing or two about it. Uh, kind of learn some of those the hard way. Uh, in fact, a lot of them the hard way. Absolutely. That's the best uh, way so to learn, right? Yep. So we're putting out some information today. Uh, we bled so you don't have to bleed. Neither does your dog. Uh, talk about doggy daycares. And Kira, while we're on break, you you yeah. brought up a really good point that I don't have written down. Well, I wanted to mention that one very good indication that you are on the right track to finding a great daycare is, did they require you to fill out some form or application before you get to come in? If they say, if you call and you ask for information and they say, sure, just come on in, bring your dog, then I would just run the other direction because that they need to know something about your dog's history and about your dog's temperament before they allow your dog to come in. We require all of our uh, prospective clients to come and fill out a group play application, and then they have a free evaluation day. It's just a couple of hours where we have the dog come in and spend some time with us, but we get to know them before we put them in our daycare setting, and that's an important part of it. Yeah, and and when you guys... If the doggy daycare that you're going to go to requires that, be honest. And, and I, I mean that sincerely. Be transparent. Most daycares that are well-equipped and have been doing this for a while, they can handle a lot of dogs. They can arrange the chemistry to where it all works. If anything, okay, so what? You don't get to play with dogs, but by golly, you can play with us all day long. Be transparent. You know, there's an old saying, which devil's worse? The one you know? Or the one you don't know. We need to know which devil is coming to visit. And you'd want the same thing. Imagine if someone else was bringing one of those devils and your dog was already here and they said, oh, my dog is great. Gets along with all dogs and they're lying big time. That's bad. It's bad. You wouldn't want that to happen. So don't do it as well. All right. Another thing to look out for is do they require vaccinations? They should. Uh, again, if you're operating legally, they're probably going to require it. Uh, so therefore, ask about vaccinations. Uh, ask if they require the canine influenza vaccination. On one of our earlier episodes uh, that you can look up, Canine Cough, The Real Story, you'll hear Dr. Carr Kelsey state emphatically, there are two types of colds for your dog. There's acute trachea bronchitis. There's a canine cold. And then there's the flu, influenza. That is the deadly strain. That is the one that that can kill dogs. I don't understand 
why people would not require that because as you hear him state if your dog has had the CIV vaccination they will not not they may not they will not come down with canine influenza yeah, that's a no-brainer it's no-brainer I don't understand it uh, good lord you know again it's not you guys it's your dog so many people go I don't want to get my dog vaccinations because I didn't get them okay let the dog if the dog could decide for itself it may choose the canine influenza vaccine probably will. So it's not about you. It's about your darn dog. So do what's right. Make sure they have the ability to seek veterinary care. Do they have transportation? I, and if they say, yeah, we use an employee's car, walk away. That is not good transportation, especially for an injured animal. The animal needs to be kept safe, needs to be kept calm. They need to have proper, secure transportation to get your dog to a vet in case you can't. Uh, so no, no employee's car is going to break down along the way, doesn't have good, good air conditioning, whatever, whatever. And then lastly, make sure they have a protocol for handling dog fights. Handling dog fights. Because again, it will happen and it does happen. How do they handle this? How do they separate these dogs safely? Then what do they do post-fight? What do they do next? Do they tell the owners? Do they have a talk? Or do they just sweep it underneath the rug and, oh, your dog did fine. You know, again, transparency is everything in this business. Both ways, coming and going. Can't be anything but that. All right. Uh, there's probably, did I miss anything, Kara, on all the stuff to look for? I think we covered it. Okay. Let's talk about dog parks. Okay. Uh, back in the beginning, when I was talking about it just being a $70 billion a year industry. And I said that there were over 21,000 dog daycares. Well, there are over 1,600 registered dog parks in the U.S. And that is a 34% increase just from 2015. So the dog parks are exploding. In fact, most communities are now starting to require it. It is a, like a good road, a good bridge, uh, now a good dog day or dog park. You have to have one. You've got to have one. Otherwise, you're nobody when it comes to being a community or a town. They're just kind of being pressured into having dog parks. All right. So what are some of the pros of a dog park? Well, number one, most of them, most are free. They don't require any cost to visit them. Uh, so that's a big benefit for a lot of people on a limited budget and they, they need to have uh, an energy outlet like a dog daycare for their dog. So most are free. Some do have membership requirements, but for the most part, if they're a community built dog park or usually funds from a private citizen, they're free. They provide many of the same benefits as daycare. You've got socialization happening, energy output, the dog is not bored, the dog is not lonely. You have many of these things occurring at a dog park. So a lot of the same benefits. However, there are many cons. Many cons are unique to being a dog park. Number one, enter at your own risk. You don't know what is in that park. Yeah, you might be able to see some of the dogs, but you really don't know the temperament of the dog. You don't know for sure what's going to happen unless you visit that dog park all the time and it's the same dogs. 
So watch out. Uh, I call it entering through the gates of hell. Uh, you'll see all the dogs rush up to the gates. Well, one thing that I advise that you do, go inside the double gate and don't be in a rush. If you need to hang out there for about five or 10 minutes, do so. After a little bit, for at least half of the dogs, you're old news. You're boring. So they'll run off and now you can go through the gates. Typically, there's no professional supervision. It's just dog owners. Some are good. Some are not so good. Some have Starbucks in their hands and they have their iPhone in the other hand and no one's watching the dogs. Uh, no vaccination. You don't know if a dog's been vaccinated or not. Typical uh, of most dog parks, very few play areas. You either have the large dog play area and the or you have the small play dog area. play area. Yep. And that's it. Uh, there's your choice. You can take your medium-sized dog in and go, hmm, uh, I think I'll let it play with the Yorkies today because <laughs> there's a lot of large, big Rhodesian Ridge bags and other big, large dogs in the other one. Uh, but for the most part, you don't get a lot of choice. A lot of dog parks, again, notice how I'm not using absolutes, shoddy maintenance. Why? Because they use a lot of grass. And again, I know everyone goes, I want my dog to play on grass. Well, you can't clean grass and grass turns into mud and mud turns into coccidia, turns into gerardia, all sorts of issues, guys. So again, just another one of those cons when it comes to dog parks. And another big con that we have when you go to a dog park is that you see dogs of various sizes, power, temperaments in there. You've got to make a wise decision. You have to. So many people take their dog to a dog park or even to a, day, a daycare. But again, the daycares should be more controlled. But they want to force their dog to play. There's a blog on our website at tamingthewild.com that is titled Willow the Wallflower. I encourage you to check that out. Not every dog wants to go. No, to I the think dog park. The owner is meeting their need and not the dog's need. Amen. It's kind of like having a little boy and going, you know, I like basketball, so therefore you will play basketball and you will like it. Uh, I've had so many clients. I remember one that had a large dog named Wally. Wally hated the dog park. He was fearful of the other dogs. He wanted to stay home on the sofa and eat popcorn and watch SEC football or something <laughs> like that. That was a happy dog. But by golly, oh no. You won't be happy unless you go to that darn dog park. Guys, don't ever force a dog into a daycare situation or into a dog park or any sort of area that has social play. Not all dogs see other dogs as friends. Some of them see them as foes. So be on the, aware, be on the lookout for that. Um, another situation I find a little bit unique to dog parks is that the hours, the hours in which uh, they, they conduct them. I think that those who hold hours late into the night, now we start getting to the issues where you can't even see the dogs. Right. There are dog parks that it's pitch black dark, and yet they're not closed. Uh, I, again, I encourage you, use your own common sense. By golly, if you can't see it, you definitely don't want to deal with it or visit with it. All right, guys. So again, these are all good things. Daycare is a good thing. Dog parks are good things. This show was about giving you information, the real information, so you can make 
an educated decision for the welfare of your dog. All right, you'll want to come back next week because next week we've got a hard topic. I'm going to talk about why I don't deserve your dog. And in fact, I will have a blog written on that title. I don't deserve your dog. I don't know how many of you have walked down a sidewalk and been attacked by someone passing by with their dog. You go to their home and their dog just completely mauls you at the door. They tell you you're, the dog is friendly and you buy into that. And next thing you know, it's latched onto your forearm. Guys, we're going to talk about controlling our dogs and making the responsible decisions that we're supposed to be making with our dogs, but we're not. I don't deserve your dog and neither do you. And that's a hard subject and we're going to hit that next week big time. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us today on this Wednesday. Certainly enjoyed the talking about daycares and dog parks. Thank you, Kira, for all your input today. Thank you. All right, guys, and those of you who try to tune in on Facebook Live, okay, hey, take it up with old Mark Zuckerberg. Sorry because, about uh, that. That wasn't us this time. We got a big old error message. That's on them. Uh, but we'll try and hook up to Facebook again next time. All right, you guys are free. You no longer have to sit and stay. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in this week. Please join host Brian Bailey again for another edition of Taming the Wild in Your Dog next Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your dog's welfare and your life may depend on it.